Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Serbian Corner show where a couple of Serbians talk about the Nuggets on the DMVR YouTube channel, DMVR Nuggets podcast feed. Uh, my name is Voya. I am back from Florida last weekend, but missed the missed the show, unfortunately. Uh, here back in cold Lincoln again. It's <laughs> unfortunate. Uh, with me, as always, uh, is Miroslav, hailing from Panchova. What's up, man? Hi, boy. I'm not feeling too great because I've missed my my pick a basketball uh, uh, event today. We we couldn't find enough warm bodies to to <laughs> to play at the end. We just gathered in front of the gymnasium and then we just so we we are lacking one guy, so we had to grab a couple of beers. So this could be a drunk show, to be honest. <laughs> and maybe maybe that's what what the Nuggets fans right now. Yeah, that's fair. Also, just for people to to know, it's it's evening over there in Serbia. He's not day yeah. drinking on a random <laughs> on a random Saturday. That's we that's we leave right. that for tomorrow against the Lakers during the day here. It's oh yeah, one thirty p.m. Um, so what this show is about? We're doing a weekly recap of Nuggets basketball. We do quick takeaways, the main themes, disagreements. Kind of everything else in between we can find. We have an interesting one today because we've had the we we I guess we swatted the Hornets, so we outpaced the Pacers, but we couldn't tame the Wolves uh, this week. It was uh, it always we're talking about before we started, like how crap it is every time we got to do this show. Like we have we have a good middle of the week, and then like by the by the time we have to do this, the weekend starts. Like we have some shitty loss. It was like the Celtics, the the, the Raptors, like now this. Uh, and then all the wins in between <laughs> that we that we kind of can can you know cash in the hype. So hopefully we'll have a we'll have a fun one for you today. We'll have some rocky shots and we ate some Boric. We have with the title of it is the what basically what are some indispensable nuggets on this team. And so we'll get into it a little bit because uh, we have seven to choose from the fifteen uh, guys. So we start us off with some rocky shots. Let's go. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, we got the graphic man. You got the producer. <laughs> Adam is the uh, producer today. Yeah, Brendan says we get to clean up the mess. I guess nothing better to clean up the mess than Rakia. It's almost as as strong as green alcohol. So uh, it's a our national alcoholic drink. We take it to do a toast. So this segment's usually about uh, some pe- quick headline, something that made a big impression on us this week. Uh, let's start off. Let's start off with like, some some good stuff first. Like we have George Carl uh, going into the Hall of Fame. We have a we have a nugget um, going in nugget supersonic like just but we know him obviously as as a nugget coach of the year uh, when he was on the Nuggets uh, Hall of Fame like what do you think like uh, deserved not deserved uh. listen man George is our friend by proxy so every Adam's friend is our friend so I I just feel That's like her. like George, George is a guy we have a beer together with like like well two times a month or whatever the, the the uh, keeping 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 up uh, uh, keeping it one thousand uh, podcast That's show true. is is going on, so I'm I'm really happy for George because he really deserved it. he really deserved to be one of the twenty five best coaches in the in the NBA's election that that got uh, for this season for the for the the fifteen yeah or oh, fifteen or twenty five fifteen 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 yeah it's, yeah it's possible yeah. because he he is like the sixth winning winningness coach. In history, one of one of six guys over one thousand wins. So big congrats to George Carl, and uh, he was a really, really uh, great voice for from us for us Net, uh, Denver fans. 
because he brought that uh, piece of old school thinking to our uh, uh, nugget sphere, nugget sphere, and uh, I I feel so much smarter about thinking about the team because I have those inputs from George, and uh, he really switched me over in many many uh, things about it. So I'm grateful for his inputs, and again, congrats to to George. Yeah, it's awesome news. I mean, it was I I you know I thought it was kind of a travesty that he's not on the 15. He's the sixth winningest coach. Like you can't just get that by accident. Like you're not on one team that's, right. that's that has one player and just winning, and it's just because of like the specific team you have in the NBA and free agency era. Those teams, you know, they they change. Like he went from different teams to different teams. He was winning everywhere. Uh, so pretty, you know, that was kind of dumb. And I think it's mostly probably was like a lot of political stuff of like. You know, he's he has the you know, keeping it one thousand, keeping it one hundred. He's very real, he's very uh unapologetic and honestly that's why I love him too. Like he's and, and it, you know, the good thing about him like doing all the all these appearances and podcasts and interviews after you know, after being a coach is first off, he's not, you know, because of his life situation and stuff, he's not really like holding back. Uh and he wasn't before, but like even more now. But also um you get a little bit of an insight of just like some of the stuff that he points out, you're like, oh my god, like didn't even notice that. Like you, that we see because we, you know, everyone tends to criticize, and you, it's easiest always to like trash on the coach, like these bad decisions, the game and stuff. And you realize when he's talking, like how much basketball they actually know. Like there's that saying we have in Serbia, like he forgot more basketball than we'll ever know. That's right, uh, kind of thing. So that's really cool to just to see him like interact with with the fans, and you know, and obviously he's hilarious on Twitter as well, and. Um, he, you know, you know, with Adams, with Adams shows like he was, he gets so much insight and kind of just a different also perspective from a coach. Like, but, but ultimately you just realize like, well, he knows, like, it's insane what, to what level he knows that, you know, we know basketball from like, basically we're all casuals to him in that regard. So that, that was really cool to see. And like, finally he got, he got in, you know, deservedly. So, yes. And I have to give him a shout out for the last show he did with Adam, uh, like, Two three days ago, when he uh, commented on the situation with with Jamal and with Michael Porter, when he said basically that if those guys are medically cleared, then he just doesn't understand how how come why why are we waiting for some kind of perf- perfect moment for them to come back because you're supposed to yeah. to, to feel the feel the game on your body especially when the when the playoffs comes and that's just the, the uh, the old school approach to to things. He he knows how many guys had to battle to to various things physically to to be a part of team to be a part of winning basketball. So yeah, shout out for to him for that too. It was it was really impressing how honest he was about that. Yeah, because yeah. it's, yeah, it's really I agree to it. yeah, I agree to like most of it. You're just like because we, we know we don't know what's coming through his guys, but I understand from a coach's perspective and just like. Generally, you know, human. Uh, it is it is kind of tricky with that. We had the news that Michael Porter had the the setback a few months, month or so ago, or a few months ago. I don't know. Uh, he's ramping up, and we saw the Jamal Murray warming up before the games again and going hard. Uh, Jokic had the you know he had the things like you know don't ask me, but like if if he's not hundred percent, he shouldn't be back. Which also we agreed because um, it's it's kind of a weird weird like stressful situation. Now it's like almost like. They, if they were going to come back and they were like on the verge, should have came back a little earlier, as in because of the games that were not as important. Now it's like you're on the edge of this play in. And so you might, you know, they, I don't know if you want to put them in a position to like get there and feel like they messed up. But again, that's why they're paid a lot. So it's for me, at least, it's also in my head. It's like very much a dilemma of like what to do. Cause then we saw Boogie's like the first example, you know, he's on the team and he's the example of coming back and getting like a double injury then you have clay in most recent years like same thing and so it's just it's it's in you know at this point like kind of like this season i'm just like i i let i let my let my um paddle go and just let my canoe you know get the river uh push me forward whatever the season holds like i really don't at this point it is what it is like we kind of we kind of used to all this messy stuff and and on top of all of that you had nuggets get all this like this road record maybe getting over the Vegas projections, like all this stuff to like, when you look at it from a, 
from a you know little step back, you'd be like, oh, it's actually not a bad season at all. But then when you're into every game, you realize like all these you know uh, twists and turns and turmoil that's been happening in you know in a basketball sense of like it, that it's frustrating, then it's not, and it's kind of you know it's kind of interesting. Which brings us again, like, you know, we, we transitioned basically into our second rocket shot, which is like the playing edge. Uh, we thought we were safe. We thought we got out and they pull us back in. <laughs> uh, uh, hopefully not not to a tragic extent like Michael Corleone. Uh, but, you know, it's what do you think? Like, do you, do you think we'll, we'll push through or uh, I, or are we, in a, are we in real jeopardy right now? I'm still fairly confident that the, the Timberwolves will not be able to catch us because there will be some some uh, unexpected loss on their side as well. And I'm really optimistic about the Sunday game, even though it's it's a matinee game in Los Angeles after having a evening in Los Angeles. And uh, yeah. yeah, that's 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 pretty bad. But I just call for professionalism. It's just <laughs> you are playing game. What is it? 79 something like that yeah something 79 you just need to to be focused man there there are no excuses i mean if you're really going out you know to have a good time in los angeles before the game is 79 i don't know what to tell you i mean we will have <laughs> we will have the next next segment about the indispensable guys on the nuggets and i don't want any any of that bullshit uh, right at the at the uh, end of yeah. the regular season from my indispensable guys. So hopefully, when when the Nuggets win uh, that game against the Lakers, it will look much more clear than how it looks now. Because four games is, is not a s- small number of games. Many things can go either way in that span. But uh, I feel fairly comfortable that, that the Nuggets will indeed avoid the, the plane. Even though that, that horrific show... Last night, the 136 points uh, yeah. that they got from from Minnesota is just uh, the 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 offense worked perfectly fine. You got what 38 yeah. from from Jokic. You got uh, you got uh, 24 yeah. from Gordon, 23 from Morris, who was scorching hot in fourth quarter. Yeah. You know you you got inefficient 14 from Bones. Yes, I agree. Good game from from Jermichael Green, and it still wasn't enough. Yeah, that's that's what that's what's kind of weird. Like that, it, it it's the deficiency. So I was talking a little early in the in the Serbian one, like about this game and just the playing edge and stuff. Because so for just to set the table is so both have both teams have four games left. Minnesota's back by two in the loss column. They have Houston. They have Washington, uh, they have Spurs and and Bulls, and yeah. Nuggets have Lakers, uh, Lakers, Spurs, Memphis, and Lakers again, right? Yeah. And so, which, you know, to have two games against the Lakers and one against Spurs that are battling for the plane, presumably the Lakers are battling for the plane. They might not. LeBron might just be score- chasing the scoring title. And they might don't you know they might not care about being the plane, but with LeBron scoring as many points, like you never take away the lot, you know, take away the that they might win an actual game. And then Spurs are actually also trying. Uh, and then Memphis is it's one of those like it's one of the last seasons they they locked in the two C. They should be like resting, but you see it last night like they're resting. You know they have Santi Aldama like destroying, you know, taking taking you know, uh, getting dead bodies out there and stuff like it's. So they, they, you can't ju- even... they just don't, don't know how to lose a game. Right yeah, now. seriously. It's, I mean, that's the, yeah, the the winning culture style, and that's why I said it so many times. They remind me of like the the 2018-19 Nuggets when they were all so deep that like you know I had Juancho and Malik Beasley not playing, and they would come in, and you would still be fine. Yeah. Um. So that's I mean that was you know the 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 playing stuff. That's I mean they have so basically if the Wolves clear clean the you know uh, run the table go four and zero Nuggets have to go three and four, which isn't out of the realm of possibility. And obviously, then it's down. If Wolves go three and four, Nuggets have to go two and four, and, and all that. Uh, it would be fun if just Houston beats them <laughs> first, and just to like take it out of take it out of our hands. Um, but again, like Malone was talking about doing it yourself and all that. It is what it is. They you know they made their own bed in this situation. Like it, it sucks if they're in a play in because considering what kind of matchups they have, I'm not confident they're gonna make it out. Because they're they're running into the Clippers, and then you have the Lakers, Pelicans on the other side. 
all of the teams that would, you know, besides, I guess, the Lakers. Um, but if they're f- fully healthy and serious, like they might give them trouble. But Pelicans, Clippers, I'm not really happy about those matchups. Like at this point, I'm, I, I think they can beat everyone besides probably Phoenix, maybe, maybe probably Memphis. But like, I wouldn't be shocked if they beat anyone in the in a four, you know, in a seven game series if they're really serious because we've seen this week, like, you know, no matter how shitty Indiana is, when they when they're rolling, like they can rack up forty points in the first quarter like nothing. Um, so it's it's one of those like I wouldn't be surprised if they don't make the playoffs at all if they just drop out of the play in, or I wouldn't be surprised if they win the first round, make a fight out of it in the second, or get swept in the first round, like. Everything's on the table, and that's why I'm saying just stop. You know, Rivers just taking me down the down the stream. Like I don't. Uh, it's fun to talk about. So like I, at this point, like I'm not really stressed. I'm just like excited to see what happens. Just because I've I've usually want to like to be in the, like to be in control and know what's going on. But right now it's uh, it's all like up in the air. So yeah, I was uh, interrupt me because I was talking about myself for an hour in the in Nugget Serbia. So I can, <laughs> Yeah, you're, like, you're, you're I'm in that mode. I can just go. Yeah. Um, so yeah. we have an interesting, interesting question from Astrid here. Why is there a lack of winning culture in, in Nuggets? And honestly, it's the lack of it's the lack of uh, top quality players right now because we do have our second and third best player, presumably on the on the deck yeah. in, in civil suit right now, and it's just the margin of error is so low. You really need. Like like Harrison said a couple of days ago, you really need like four role players around Jokic. You at least need two of them to play a really really good match yep. to to win a game. And even you you saw what happened last night. We got two really good roles from role players, and it still wasn't enough because the defense was really really bad. And yeah, especially especially the the perimeter defense because uh, Minnesota felt so so. Um, well, they're penetrating uh, everything. Yeah. That that's one part of it, and and yet the other part they felt felt so comfortable shooting the trees yeah. over there. And and at the end, what was it? So for three point percentages, forty seven point five, nineteen trees in a game. They actually averaged about nineteen trees in all four games against the Nuggets this season, which is insanity. Yeah. So obviously, obviously, the Nuggets don't have good answers. For for Minnesota's offense, and right now we only have Austin Rivers as a defensive guard, you, who you can really call a defensive guard because you know the Davon Reed is more a, of an idea of a player than a real player because we don't know how how strong we can feel about him playing 25-30 minutes per game and and see what the outcome would be. He was pretty bad on defense last night, but. So were most of the other guys yeah. as well. So yeah, yeah, that, that's that's where we are with the, yeah. regarding the winning culture. I, I'm I'm as far as I'm concerned with the winning culture, it is. It's weird, like because it's because you can't really say the Jokic doesn't have it. He has, but individually he has it. I don't think he's there yet, and you know people are you know commenting like he doesn't need leadership advice. He needs, uh, he needs better players. Is He's on the court, like you know, t- t- tactically, like you know, the the basketball wise, like he's utilizing them the best way. It's just that there's that level that I always, just in my from my perspective, like I wish he was a little bit more assertive in that way, just not letting them relax, like against Indiana. The thing is, like, gotta also understand from like we talked about Yugoslavian basketball uh, culture and, and school of basketball, it's not really in our uh, in our DNA of in you know basketball wise to humiliate people, yeah, so like when you go up by like twenty, you naturally come down because it's just almost it's almost like disrespectful to run up the score. Like you're you better you showed it. You don't need to go up by sixty, and which is in the NBA kind of, you know it's in the NBA it's kind of tricky because you have all these players that can't come back and it's not especially as, now when you have so many three point yep. shooters. Yeah, the tw- yeah, twenty point lead can can just disappear in, with a, within a minute and a half. Yeah, exactly, and that, and that's and that's the thing is like you can't relax. But that's I think that's why he that would be like some of the stuff that I wish he he would learn a little bit. You know, that's why I think Memphis is such a thing because Morant is also just always wired and like they're all in that. It's I guess like we call it winning culture, but it's just that mentality of like you want to 
you know, step on people's throats and stuff. He's just not like that because we, as much as we're warrior people and everything, like you don't, if you beat an opponent, you beat him. Like you don't want to humiliate him in, in the process. Uh, so I think that's part of the reason I think there's that because the other players see that and they're there, then they adopt that element. So I don't, that's why I think that traditionally that winning culture is not there. Uh, and then this year, especially with, with, it's not like they don't want to win. It's just that sometimes they, they're not as great players as you want them to be at specific moments. Like they have good, good peaks, but then also have bad valleys, uh, which we saw last night with, you know, with the second unit and boogie and all. So I, I'm, Really, like, I'm not, as I said, like, I have no idea. I think they're still going to be in the six. Uh, wouldn't be shocked if some other stuff happens that they go up and, you know, they might be even, you know, because the thing That's is, right. Utah was, like, really close. Like, wouldn't even be shocking if Utah has a bad schedule. They lose a bunch of games in both Minnesota and Denver, st- you know, go out. I don't I don't think that's now maybe mathematically not possible because they played against each other yesterday. So Utah yeah. got up, like, a bunch of games ahead. But... So a lot of possibilities. I think they'll they'll survive the play-in or like the playoff. They will get get into top six. If they don't, then I'm more skeptical of if they even get it to the first round, just based on like matchups. Now Paul George is back, and it's not ideal um, who they're facing. So I'm really scared kind of, of the yeah. Clippers. They're so long, and they got Paul George, <laughs> who's playing amazing. Yeah, we always talk about me. We jump. need like a, we need a small forward, big or whatever. Like they're all in the Clippers. Like there's no one left. Like they all picked him up. <laughs> <laughs> no, none of them available all playing for the same team and yeah. you know even if you get the win against the Clippers then you have to play the scorching hot Memphis Grizzlies yeah. who are insanity like like yeah. what's yeah. up with so Ray was Ray, Ray say like Ray said about uh, about the stuff we talked about the sentiment not humiliating is like Denver needs to adopt a more relentless attitude up and down the roster like I agree that's um, that's why I'm saying like because but it's have to start. It has to start with, with Jokic as well. And Jamal is also like, prone. Even though he has that warrior also mentality and stuff in the big moments, but he also can, he has a tendency to to go up and down when the season's going on. When it's not like as important. When you already know you've been in the playoffs. Like that's why what the Spurs were doing was so, out of you know out of character for like the professional teams. Because because once you you know Bucks did this this year. Like they kind of were in the middle of the season. We're like ah oh, we'll we'll. We'll get to it. Uh, Atlanta had the bit one of the biggest, you know, discrepancies of like they should. We were talking about being them being like the number one seed in the East based on you know the the youth and quality, and they all were like, "Oh, we've made it to the conference finals. Now we're it's going to be easy this year." And it turned out to be. Yeah, but you see, the Bucks had a lot of injury problems as well, just like them. Yeah, fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very few games where all of the Middleton and Drew yeah, and, yeah. and Giannis were playing together, and they were awesome when all three of them were playing yep. together. But now they have their 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 dogs in the, in the house, so that's that's the main difference, really. And yeah. a week ago, I I said that I at this moment I don't want to see Jamal and Michael Porter returning to the team because that might even mess up the chemistry and <laughs> and generally mess up the the game plan that Nuggets have kind of made during these months without them. But Adam's point about them having to feel uh, being a part of a team, even in if they're not successful, and they most probably won't be successful. And it really makes sense because either way, I don't think they're they're getting more than, than a first round uh, uh, a good battle. They might yeah. overcome like a team like like Golden State Warriors. They won't be favorites in any in any first round matchup for sure. But it's possible they get through the second round. But by, by beyond that, that would be just yeah, you know, science fiction. So that's a that's a that's a great point of like you know living through the pain and like getting you know basically being being like closer through the battles because we've definitely seen Jamal and Jokic, I think, be a lot closer since the bubble, and in Montana. So and that's one of those like maybe like underrated things that that I don't know how often it was discussed. And like brought up, especially this year, um, is that and even last year, but like Barton wasn't a part of that bubble run. He wasn't even in the bubble to be with them when they were That's doing right. all this stuff. He was either watching from home, like if he was happy that they obviously he was happy that they won, probably you know, most likely. But it's like he wasn't a part of it. So you naturally, when you come back, all these guys have that feeling of like we battled, we did this. Gordon doesn't have that, but he at least he had the playoffs and some of the stuff you know in the East, but. 
but he also, you know, but he had the last year, like he was there part of like Barton was even hurt for that, those runs against Portland, all those good, like he was, he just came back for this, you know, for the last few games, a couple of games in the sweep. So he wasn't even like, so that might actually be a part of this thing. Like he wasn't a part of that grind. And, and now like he's maybe, you know, he's finally going to be. So maybe it's getting in his head a little bit that his playoffs are approaching and he's healthy. Uh, well, we think he's healthy. He doesn't look, you know, he play, doesn't play like he is, but he, uh, you know, ostensibly is. So that kind of, you know, that kind of stuff is, you know, yeah, Astrid says like he left the bubble. Yeah, exactly. Like he left the bubble. So like, I wonder if there's a, some kind of disconnect. The guys talked about yesterday how he looks just checked out, like mentally not there. Like, I wonder if there is that type of disconnect. Maybe like he's getting, again, as I said, like getting in his head of like, oh, it's finally playoff time, but he does maybe feel like he's ready for it, but then he kind of has knows that he has to be. So like all this pressure turmoil and you know in the head. Um, so you know who knows? I'm not speculating on anything. Like I'm just like wondering what could be some of the issues that he's having because right now like he's playing like an unplayable player. Like you just you can't, and he has to be out there. Like there's no one else, and he's just not helping himself. You know his his case with the fans because he was already like on the edge, if not hated completely. And now it just sucks. But yeah, that battle, like I would, but, but again, I'm not that worried because both of those guys already had the bubble. So I think they had that battle already with these guys that have that experience. And this type would just probably add to the chemistry coming back. But also I just don't want him to get hurt more. <laughs> That's very, like very simple in my case. Yeah. At, at this point, if they're medically clear, it's not a bigger risk of returning them right now or, or like, like in November this year or something like that. I don't think it's it's a bigger risk uh, injury-wise. And uh, I would like to see the idea of the, of the full healthy because what we got yesterday was the healthiest the Nuggets have been called this year. The only guy they've been missing is Dick Nagy and you can argue that he wouldn't even be in the rotation yeah, yeah, if yeah. he was healthy. It's, it's really hard to say because Jermichael Green is playing real well for the last month. It was a crazy like that. man. That that four spot like on the bench has been a crazy year. Like at one point, yeah. Vladko was out there. Like, but right. I, actually, like I was advocating, like he should be playing more and probably over these guys just from 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 his versatility because he was basically doing what kind of what Cousins is doing in the playmaking sense a little bit. But but then he gets hurt, you know, tragically. Then Zeke comes playing. He's looking like the guy is going to take over that spot. Then he gets hurt. Then Jamichael is now seems indispensable for like this next run. Uh, and I'll talk about it a little bit more when we get to the the you know the guys that should be for what reasons they should be on the team or not. But it, it was it's just nuts. Like I mean, this season and then stepping back and lo- realizing they're so close to the over and the wins projection and still being like clear of the plane like you know clippers have had injuries too and they're cemented in the eighth spot and not even trying to get you know they weren't even trying to get up and denver is like five, you know, fifth the other day like it's just that's just insane yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this season is so messed up especially in the west there was this uh this uh feeling that the east was better than the west this season and it was just based on how yeah. many great players in the west were injured for months and months during the season. And now most of them came back. Of course, Steph is not playing right now for the for the yeah. Warriors. And you have the, the injury to John Rand that actually doesn't make any difference to to, yeah. <laughs> to winning record of uh, of Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah. Kudos to them. It's it's really it's really exciting to be a Grizzlies fan right now. And uh, uh, I I actually I actually feel feel well about them, especially because they're a, a relatively small market team and they were built, not bought. So really good yeah, kudos yeah, to them. Yeah. Uh, I saw, saw a comment, um, rather see Rusty Jamal than whatever that was from Barton last night. I agree there. Just the Rusty part is like, which Rusty? Rusty mentally, Rusty physically. If mentally, I'm fine with if he just comes in and he's not just, you know, Rusty in like regular game shape. But if he's Rusty hurt, if his knee's swollen or sore, I'll be eh. yeah we're, we're gonna get to this like ray i think in the in the next segment when we start talking about the expansion uh so the, just to recap like we both think they're gonna survive and and be in the playoffs and then we'll see what happens but none of us are that optimistic of i just think the 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 the, the, the deficiencies are glaring 
for especially for playoffs, like the turnovers, the offensive rebounds, like the point of attack defense is just some stuff. Like I kind of think the playoffs will expose even more. Um, That's right. Yeah, and then, and then we'll see, and then we'll see. So you want to go for? Want to get some Boric? Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's let's get some Boric. Uh, so this is what our you know we call it like the main de- juiciest part of the part of our show. Even though we cover a lot of stuff in Arakia toast as usual, Arakia gets you gets you going. So you uh, have that have that appetizer, I guess, like more longer than the actual main course. But this this dish is like very juicy. There's a segment we talk about some of the some of the stuff you know the most of the things from the week we we kind of want to talk about. It's famous because Jokic used to like it a lot. When he was younger, and he would eat it, and we still like it. So, uh, we we carried on his his uh, his uh, boric uh, boric appetites, um, and so yeah, let's uh, let's go. And this is our so there's a lot of talk about the expansion draft, and considering like the guys talked about bones being friendly in the trust circle and the rotations and all that, it kind of got us thinking about um, what if there is an expansion draft. Seattle's been talked about. I think maybe they were talking about Vegas. Uh, some of those teams, and in that case, like you would have teams would have to protect a certain number of players, and the other players would get, dra- you know, drafted into the new team, like you know, taken from from teams. I think was it? It was the I think it was Cleveland or someone was coming in. They, they when, when the Sh- Charlotte Bobcats were coming to the league as a thirtieth team, the rule of of expansion draft was every team was able to protect seven players that were not. Uh, uh, the, the Charlotte Bob, Bobcats could not draft those guys yeah, yeah. for their team. They got something like seventh pick or something on on that draft, and then next to that they could get one player from either team, but not the top seven guys that were protected by their uh, respectable teams. So the idea here was actually a week ago when I talked to Adam, I had the one note that was saying, are we seeing the last matches of Will Barton on the Nuggets? And I didn't want to go through with it because I would sound like a Serbian hater of Will Barton. And <laughs> and honestly, last night, I think Adam mentioned that he really doesn't feel like, like Will Barton will be on the team next season, considering everything around him and his contract status and everything. So... I wanted to to take a different approach here. I don't want to be a hater. I don't want to speak about the guys I don't want to see on the Nuggets. I want to speak about the guys that I really want to see on the Nuggets in the foreseeable future. So this that idea of, of finding those seven guys, we'll, we'll pretend that all of them are under contract for no, next season, even though we have three unrestricted free agents in Rivers, uh, Boogie, and Forbes. Let's pretend... Let's pretend we can pro- protect all of those 17 guys, including the two-way guys, mm-hmm. and see which seven guys we want to to have on our roster. No questions asked. Yeah. So, do you want to start start us off with the first guy? I have a feeling I know which one. Uh, yeah, with, <laughs> I, yeah, we, we're gonna go with I think Jokic, right? I think he's he's pretty. Yeah, uh, he's a center. He's... You want to start with a center, right? It's yeah, pretty yeah. good. <laughs> Like a good anchor. Uh, I mean, it's, I don't know if it's one of those, like, if you want to kill some minutes, but, you know, it's self explanatory. Of course, like, you start with him, uh, starts, I mean, I, yeah, we're not, I mean, I don't want to talk about that. Like, it, that's pretty straightforward. Um, yeah, for the record, he has only one more season on contract. Yeah, now it's interesting. So now let's, let's do some, let's do some more like mental gymnastics. So, like, I usually don't like ranking, but in this case, let's do like, the indispensable line, like who do you think the next more indispensable is? Uh, instead of just lumping them all, because I've seen like Yo, Kitch Murray, MPJ, Gordon, Monte, Zeke, Highland, like those, you know, that Nicola says that's that would be his. And so, like, probably some form, form of that uh, for us, but what d- let's do it in order. So, like, Yo, Kitch is number one. Who is your number two? What do you think? And I'll see number, two is, number two is Jamal Murray, even though okay. you can argue that he has a significant trade value. And that you don't have to hold on for him, you know, for for the next five years or whatever. Mm-hmm. He has a three more seasons on yeah, one hundred and thirty-one yeah. million dollars. No, let's let's forget let's forget the contracts and stuff. Just go with pure basketball. Like, what are we? Okay. What what are we going dispensable? Like, I don't, you know, this whatever the trade assets and stuff like that's because we're pretending the guys don't don't have contracts for next year. So let's forget. Let's just say for next year. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And basketball-wise, what do you want? You know, the most, like, the order of most guys you want to keep. 
Yeah, so so okay. I, I, I'll stay with Jamal because I think he's indispensable. And of course, we want to see him healthy. And we want to see that one-two punch. They, that was the best pick-and-roll game in all of the NBA a couple of seasons ago. So, yeah, I'll stick with Jamal for now. Uh, I'm going to go with Gordon uh, because, like, it's weird. It's one of those, like, maybe I'm overthinking it. Uh, it I love Jamal. Like, as I even said, like, they, you know, I hope they, they're, they're here for life and stuff. It's just, we talk, like, that was the problem everyone's talking about injuries and, and from yesterday. The call if they were already there. Like, that obviously that changes a lot of dynamics in the game and, and all that is just the defense is still worrying me. And, like, I want someone as an anchor next to Jokic. We've seen what happens when he doesn't have – when when he doesn't have someone like Gordon next to him, like so when Millsap came, like when how the defense changed, like he's very he's not like your Gobert's or was the guys that you plug in for defense. He's a plug and play offensive guy with whoever he's on. He's probably gonna be good with defense. He needs I think certain pieces around him to be what he is right now. I think Gordon kind of like helps them out helps him out with that. With you know he has has some defensive versatility, and and we've seen like how many assists Jokic has to him. Uh, for scoring in the in the year like 144, I think to last night or something like that. So even though like I love Jamal and it's just that kind of what Bones and, and Monte showed show me that like you can still have a good pick and roll game, like very serviceable pick and roll game with Jokic, even though it's not a you know it's not Jamal. Like I that's why I think like Gordon for me would be like up there. So what's your what would be your third? Listen, Gordon is a really really great pick. You know, he's possibly. Not the perfect pairing for Jokic at the four because obviously, you know, Giannis would be even better. But uh, but Gordon is uh, when when you speak about affordable guys, the guys that Denver actually ha- could could yeah. get. But who's so, yeah? Besides Giannis, what do you think? Like would be would be more perfect? Like someone that shoots, or like what do you think? No, I don't think I don't think shooting is the the main component we need from the from the four position. To be honest, especially if we have Michael Porter at the three, then okay. I could really I could really see Giannis as a perfect. Uh, okay, matchup. but he, forget about he, I mean, Obviously, that's not going to happen. Like, for, yeah, do you of think like for for regular guys, like they're in their range of oh regular guys. Oh, that's that's a good question. Like not, not, not obviously like okay, we're going to go the best three would be Durant and Giannis would be the best four. Sure. Like of course, like sure. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, it depends on on the other the the other part of of the team. I, I could even see them going a bit slow, uh, smaller, like like with Mikel Bridges, who could be a three. Like, I don't like think a, he's. Yeah, yeah, a, yeah, I know. Yeah, but yeah. if you if you move Porter to four, and Porter was really good for yeah. uh, in regard of of. Uh, uh, rebounding. I know he's not a great defensive player. But that's the problem. Like then you have the anchor. Like Bridges is on your perimeter. He's not gonna guard the backside of Jokic. That's what I mean. That that's sure. that's that was my yeah, that's Gordon, my question. Gordon is a really good pick. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. He's just like what. Yeah, obviously, I was saying, there's Nikola said Draymond. Exactly. Like if he's you know healthier and stuff, that would be like someone with with Jokic to cover everything up and. and I'm do not it. sure just Draymond that, would would be the perfect because you know he's not shooting at all. And that's that's I mean, not really. I mean, you yeah. you still need Jokic to be your hub, and unless you want to move Jokic off ball, and and just make Draymond assist to Jokic every time, that could work. To be honest, <laughs> if you have that kind of defender next next to Nikola, but he's he, exactly. But that's in, my in point these, exactly. In these, year, like... in these years, he's not as switchable as he used. Yeah, to Yeah, but be. that's what I'm asking you because you said like, oh, mm-hmm. Gordon is not the perfect fit. But I'm saying, who is besides the superstar Giannis? Like, yeah, that's right. That's, that's what right. I mean. It's just like who you know. You have everyone is going to have something. You have John Collins that's going to have better scoring, but he's, he's the same type of defender. Yeah, Mikhail Bridges is like much smaller and easier. More like he would switch out more like a Barton guy than you know he would be paired you know paired there instead of Barton, not instead of Gordon. That's what I mean. It's just like that part. Like that's why it's so tough to find these positions when you do like. Obviously, KG would be like great, you know, the prime with you know with, with Jokic type of you know type of defender out there. So that's what I mean. That's why I like Gordon because we found this. Like because we saw Jeremy Grant with his rebound, he's not not the perfect player as well. Like he's a three. So Mobley, like that maybe for me, like that would be also like a four to put out put next to him. OG Ananobi, yeah, from the comments. Yeah, I don't know how per- that's the things, but those those like have a lot of these caveats with you know not Mobley, but like with OG being hurt, you know Siakam, like those guys, like 
that would probably be good. But again, like I don't know if OG. I've watched enough Raptors to see they they play like crazy ass defense, like they do switching and stuff. So would he actually be great for Jokic to be like in that backside help and stuff? So that's what I mean. Okay, so yeah. let's go next. What, what's your third one? Who's your third one? Okay, so so we already have, and I agree with with Gordon and Murray and and Jokic and fourth guy, man. I know it's crazy. It's Bones Highland. I want to see Bones. Oh, so yours, so you have third. So you bad. have Gordon third, and then yeah, sure, Bones. sure, sure. Okay, okay. Yeah, Gordon third for for sure. No questions asked. But after that, I would even put Bones in before before Michael Porter, and that's just because he has shown so much with so few minutes this season. I mean, he's playing serious minutes right now, but yeah. he, he he had that ramping period when he was playing, you know, just spot minutes and not every game. And now we cannot even even imagine rotation without Bones playing serious minutes there. And if you remember how Michael Porter looked at his, in his uh, rookie season, what was basically his second season Stacks, because he's, yeah. he's, he skipped the whole first season. Uh, he was in the red shirt. So even though Michael Porter is such an amazing offensive talent, and when I say offensive talent, I just mean he can score on top of you in almost any situation with such ease. But Bones is that great, great pick-and-roll partner that I even feel... Uh, I I don't want to say better with him uh, uh, doing the pick-and-roll with Jokic compared to Monte Morris because Monte Morris is so much more experienced and he has such a great mid-range game. But Bones, as a rookie, to be in the conversation with with Monte Morris, that's just insanity. So that's that's Jamal Murray type of uh, type of talent in a rookie season. I I realize he is a yeah. year older than Jamal yeah. That's why I think it's that's season. why I think it's like a little that they'll be like more age wise would be probably Jamal's second year than first. Like yeah, because that you know if he was drafted last year, I don't know. If he I agree with Porter. Yeah, we Porter. It's hard, man. Like I kind of I don't want to be a hater, like because Porter has this like insane, you know shooting talent and stuff just taking apart you know taking into consideration the injuries and everything you kind of you know, might be right because yeah jamal is my third obviously like the you know it's just depending on like maybe on the day of the week like when i'm feeling maybe just jamal two and and gordon three like either way well, those are our top three and yeah the fourth one i know it's it's kind of hard like it's hard not to pick bones based on just what we you know what, we, what you said with the with his high upside and how much like his head is present, like he's sponging everything up, like he's actually like improving on minutes and improving. Does he's not afraid of any, you know, afraid of the moment. He's not shying away from anything. Uh, he's playing defense. Like he has the physical attributes that I think can work. You know, he obviously like we, you know, it pick and roll stuff. Like you know, as an added dribble dribble guy, like he has a little bit of a more of a triple threat than than Michael Porter does. And that's what that's for me. That's always like. You know, obviously MPJ, like still hypothetically, you know, best player on the team. You know, probably you know, not I can guess not Jokic, but like let's say second best hypothetically. It's just that it's still always hypothetical. It's been like four or five years. It's hypothetical, and at some point, like I'm very pragmatic, and I'm like at least like Bones even now with like trying to you know making him improve without even improving him, he's already giving you a lot more than than Michael Porter was before last season, like, you know, w- during his first couple of years. Like, Michael Porter, obviously, with how he was finishing the year with all the, like, you know, finishing with 23 a game and stuff, that's, you know, just think about, it's kind of weird, like, we've, we've been far removed from it. 23 a game? <laughs> we don't have a 15-point-a-game guy right now. And he was getting yeah. 23 with all those deficiencies, like, we've we've kind of talked about. So, it's, it, I, I don't know, maybe we are, like, far, you know, far from far from the mind, far from the heart, whatever it's it's called. Like, maybe we just haven't seen him in a while. We've been used to this type of team, and so MPJ doesn't seem like he's, he's as good as maybe he was. Like, I'm I'm, a, I'm willing to admit that I was wrong, like, if he comes back and just lights it up. But at this point, with the kind of how the Bones is a triple threat, I'd, I'd rather have him on the, on the ranking, even though I'll still want Porter on the team. Sure, and listen, we are picking seven guys here, so yeah. not being not being number four or number five is not a big slight because we are picking the indispensable guys 
here. So, okay, yeah. we have Jamal, we have Gordon, Jokic, we have Bones, and number five, number five, I don't want to be here, Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter <laughs> Jr. has to be number five for me. And I know we can pretend that we don't know their contract status, and we can pretend that all of them are on, on contract next season, you know, just to make this uh, exercise simpler. But we cannot pretend that we don't know the history of, of Michael Porter's. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's what, that's yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's we have to take kind of health. Like health is different. Yeah. That's also that reflects the basketball. But that, but now we come to what George Carl was saying. You know, you need to go through some of these things because you are probably going to have to to take some rest games now and then during the regular season in order to preserve yourself for the playoffs. But when the push comes to shove, you need to be there, or, or otherwise you're not really that that uh, important for your team. This, uh, Will Barton is a good example of this because, as you said, he he played for like three games in playoffs throughout his NBA career in the Nuggets for and never eight healthy seasons. fully, and yeah, yeah, and even even those games he wasn't healthy. So you you, you just need you nudge, you just need the health from your main guys if you want to compete because you need so much luck to win the NBA championship. I mean, unless you're like the Lakers who will get two hall of famers for nothing <laughs> just because they're, you know, uh, well, they're the paying their dues. Now. It's not for <laughs> nothing anymore. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. Bill Simmons had a tweet last night when he said, I don't want this Lakers season to ever end. It's so, so much fun. <laughs> I couldn't agree more, but yeah, but yeah, you you really need so much luck like like the raptors had when they won their championship when when clay got injured and and durant got injured so that's 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 the way you're gonna do it so it's so hard but we need to keep uh to keep our hands on michael porter for for at least a foreseeable future for sure yeah yeah i i, I agree like as much as i love monte but Bones kind of made him like not in the it obviously still one of on the team, but like bumped him down the line. Because if there was no bones, I, I might even be like, man, we need a freaking ball handlers like I want Monte on my team. <sighs> I don't, yeah. I, I guess, yeah, it's 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 MPJ. Like I as I love Monte, it's like really dragging me to like want him. You know, this he's one of my guys. I wish him. I wish he's on the team for a while. If they. I'm I'm willing to admit like if they trade him, my like fandom will drop a little bit from the Nuggets, no matter how much Jokic is on the team. Like if they trade away Monte because of like pragmatic like financial reasons, I lose a little you know lose a little heart like uh, like the Celtics did with Isaiah. So, uh, but still, it's it's MPJ and and then I mean six for me would be would be Monte. I don't know about you. Sure, and the the main thing I I think we need to talk about is whether it's Monte or Bones that uh, that is uh, uh, a better fit next to Jamal because we can safely presume for for uh, next season or at least the end of next season that uh, Will Barton probably won't be there so yeah. if we can put one of those guys next to Jamal in the starting five and get good results out of it then, uh, then we are we are in the green because yeah. we really need both guys. And if we cannot make it work, if we need to to uh, put both of them off the bench, then you really need. It, it, yeah. It's hard to, yeah. for me to say you you need to get rid get get rid one of uh, uh, one of them and and just get a better better fit for the starting lineup. But for now, we have no idea because we haven't seen Jamal playing with. With, well, uh, well, that's the thing. Is like if you trade, the if, you, if they end up trading Barton for like a two guard, they can slot it. They can be slotted in the starting lineup as a defensive guard. You still have Monte and Bones in the back as the backups, and that's then you. I'm just, then you sh- I'm just a bit afraid that they those two together are kind of too small, too small to. We'll, to, we'll to see. Compete. But for the second units, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's going to be that big of an issue. Like I think they can, they can work it, like work it in. As I said, I don't like Monte Monte Barton defensive pairing, but I think Bones and Bones and Monte could could work. Like they're not that small, like as you might think. Like Monte is like six two, 
Um, and Bones is what six six was he six something? But he has like huge wingspan and stuff. So yeah, that's fair. we'll see. But what about the yeah Monte's like for me is just no brainer. I would always want to have him as a as a backup point guard because Absolutely. again he can he can be slotted everywhere in you know both starters and you know if he needs to if there's foul trouble or he needs to like go in early for staggering, like I, it's it's really great there. Uh, the one is you know Patrick said the hard one is the seven. Like so, what do you yeah? What, before we go to seven, we need to 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 give one minute for to Monte for his last night's performance oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. what he did in fourth quarter like three three uh, f- um, free throws in a row and then two three pointers that was nine consecutive points from from Monte that actually kept the nuggets in the game for much longer than they would such such a great clutch performance from him and uh, I'm so happy for him because you know he was a four year four year guy out of out of college and those guys they don't get enough respect, but he he was such a finished product already when he came to the Nuggets, and then of course took took uh, new heights uh, on the yeah. Nuggets. It's it's really impressive for him. So yeah, yeah it's, it's now great. we go to. to I mean that's seven. that's I, I really like. I'm almost like a broken record all the time. I just love the just love the guy. Uh, yeah, we can go. That's the seven is the dilemma now, right? Because I've that's seen right. like Zeke basically is a no brainer a lot of like for a lot of people. Just for probably for you know he's a four he's a defensive you know he moves his feet well he can shoot like he's young uh, but you know is he is, is he your seventh or is this someone else can we because we talk, you know this we, right now we team can needs- we can go into into two different directions because yeah. if you if you uh, put contract in your mind if you know how the contracts work then you will go with Zeke because he is on a rookie scale contract he has another two seasons on a rookie scale contract and that's really valuable for the team especially because they're so so much over the salary cap for next season but if you forget about the 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 contracts and we talk just pure basketball skill wise even though he had that atrocious game last night i would still go with boogie cousins because you cannot go much better for a backup center than what Boogie Cousins can provide to you. Of course, I have no idea if he's even interested in coming back next season That's on the fair, Nuggets. Yeah. But no, if but just he would gen- be, yeah, just yeah, if, just if he general. would be, you know, interested in 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 playing for the Nuggets if he had a contract for next season, I think Boogie would would be a, such a because you know if you have either Monte or or Bones off the bench together with Boogie. You have so many, so many options, yeah. and you can fill out the bench unit so much easier than if you have to rely on Zeke as your primary big, you know, on your yeah. On that's your fair. Bench. Uh, it's yeah. I, I'm I'm struggling. I don't. I'm not on the boogie train for that much. Like he is good. He's a good backup center. And everything. Just consider, you know, we're talking about basketball and the age and the the, the some sometimes the behavior like. It's over, especially since I've seen like there's some decent like young guys in the draft that are gonna come up. They're centers. I'm gonna I can't wait. I kind of want to watch the the Duke UNC game tonight. And there's one guy on Duke, the center, that kind of looks ready for the NBA and like he might be in the range for the Nuggets. And he's one of those you know high big ones, but also can I think like um, you know fly high for the for the bones pick and roll and stuff. So. I don't know. It's just struggling. I'm struggling because I love. I need. We need like defensive defensive guard. So like Rivers is in the conversation. You need also shooting. So like is Forbes in there? Assuming you have Murray, you maybe don't don't need shooting. So like maybe he's out. Then then I love Jamichael Green. Like what I've seen from him since since he had the the five with him. So like we you know if we have a situation of he has to play a four and 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 uh, Aaron Gordon needs to play a three. We've seen how good. Jamichael Green as a, as a as a dunker spot four is, and how good defensively he is, and not and you know for the record I think we were missing him against you know with Charlotte and Indiana, you know, regardless of the wins, I think that second unit kind of we've seen yesterday how good he was again with Bones, um, in that you know backside roaming the baselines like it's really it's really hard like obviously it's it's hard to pick someone that's older like you know considering you know Zeke was showed some showed a lot of promise so ultimately. I'll probably go with Zeke from this current roster, but 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 it's it that's why it's fun. It's seven because like with if it was six, it'd probably be a no brainer. Unfortunately, yeah. we haven't mentioned Barton. I think we're all like kind of out on him as in like the indispensable guy, just because we've seen. Unfortunately, we've seen this year like some games that Devon Reed was a starter or Austin Rivers was a starter, 
and Nuggets were winning, and then Barton would come back and Gordon wouldn't play, and we would get blown out. So now maybe like you go back in context, maybe there's a better team that we played against or something. But I still think, as as far as indispens like indispensable, he's probably not on that list. Even though he's a good, probably could be like a great five fifth option on that, you know, destroyer of the world starting lineup from last year. But it's like if we have seven, you kind of also want to bolster your bench because again, there's so much the starters need to be doing. Like if you know. There's so many minutes they can rack up a number of points for if the bench is atrocious, they, they can lose it. We've seen we've seen yesterday in two and a half minutes, 13 to two run. So I'm ultimately I'm going with Zeke because I still believe in his like defensive capability, you know, uh, versatility and his shooting. So like that's also like universal, I guess, and everything else can be kind of changed. But it is hard, especially that's it's kind of hard because because it would be hard in a way of like who to pick, you know, from Memphis or someone that they'll have like 10 good players and you pick Nuggets have like five to six really, you know, really good ones. And then you have what, what skill you, you're going to roll with. Are you going to roll with That's the big right. cousins or you're going to go with shooting and some defensive switchability with Zeke or guard defensive, uh, you know, prowess with rivers or Jamaica green as like, you know, your steady, steady power forward off the bench. Like, it's not all like complete, you know, more complete players that you would hope uh, that they that they were. So it's unfortunate. And and listen, man, I'm so I'm really high on 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 Austin Rivers. I really like his game, but the reason I didn't put him on number seven is if he's your best defensive guard, then you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, that's he's a really yeah, yeah. competent defensive guard, but you need somebody at a one one class higher defensive guard than him yeah, yeah. to put in the starting lineup and to have a real proper proper uh, yeah. penetration uh, um, defense so yeah it's it is yeah. what it is it's it's not the perfect combination but i think with these seven blocks i agree on on, on zeke i would like to to keep zeke as well of course but either with zeke or with boogie i i could see them being able to build something really solid, of course, with with all the healthy bodies. And Ray was like, basically, for expansion draft, young players are likely to be taken more if unprotected. We are assuming like yeah. whoever we we don't put on the seven is going to be taken. That's why we're like we're not trying to game the system. But so Jeff is one of those. <laughs> yeah. We haven't mentioned him as well. Like, and he's really that's one of those. Like, that's we kind of solving the mystery. Like we've as Nuggets fans because if we if you don't. Watch like every game that he's on, whatever team he's on, you might not notice the the the, the large trends with him of like why he's jumping around so much. Like he's really good, but again, it's like if I'm picking between the two, you're always gonna go with some. You know, I was gonna go with Zeke maybe because of his potential. Because with Jeff, he's a he's a veteran that's really good, but then has all these like, you know, lap, you know, it was like oh, he just doesn't play hard enough at, at some point, or like rebounds an issue. Or sometimes he just doesn't shoot. So like that kind of stuff is like and he's, he's not dunks, a great closer. Yeah, then he dunks a bunch of bunch of people on on a poster, and you're like, oh wow, like he's why is he jump? You know, why is he not a lifer on some teams? Like yeah, because like you can know because you're always trying to turn over that position. You can always maybe you know you try to be you know you're trying to get someone that's a good closer on that position and maybe has similar skills. So like that's why I think like he's, he's out of our seven, uh, even though I mentioned Jamichael is maybe, you know, even though I think Jeff probably had a better season as far as like what Jamichael brings, like, you know, those like tangibles uh, are, are might be even like valuable in my mind sometimes too. So that's cool. Okay. I think we're good. I think we're good, good to go. If, if Seattle supersonics decided, or if the NBA decides to give supersonics, that's right. We we started with with George Carl and let's finish with him yeah, as well. Yeah. I know he would be really happy if Seattle Seattle was <laughs> one of the cities to get the the sure. expansion draft team. And, and sure. I really I really liked those teams. I really liked the glove. I really liked the Rain Man. Yeah. Those were some really exciting <laughs> teams. And uh, another the, yeah. yeah. Do we finish? Yeah. yeah. Sure, sure. Go ahead. Uh, uh, it's just, uh, just yeah. We're finishing up. And just to mention, we talked about Adivoy Korac here. Uh, before on on the Serbian fact of the week uh, during the season, uh, he's he was elected actually in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I just saw I just saw. Oh, that's article. that's really that's really new. yeah. So you got so Manoj Noble is in. Uh, we've seen that and we've seen Radio Vukovic and it's a big deal. Like 
uh, you know, he finally gets recognition uh, for the Naismith Hall of Fame because, as we we've said, like we can rewind some of the uh, episodes back. Like we've talked about it more. Like he's one of the original Sambor guys. <laughs> he he was a pioneer, man. He 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 used to play in those silver medal uh, years in the '60s before the the Yugoslavia really got over the hump and started gathering gold medals. So kudos to to Radivoj yeah, yeah. It's it's really sad. He didn't live longer to 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 see yeah. his uh, his success being uh, even even uh, uh, um, celebrated more. It, 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 yeah, and and even getting better in in the years after that when the team got even better. Yeah, the national team that is cool. Yeah, so that's that's a pretty that's a pretty cool thing for us and other Serbian this year. Uh, yeah, so thank you thank you all for watching. Follow us everywhere. On these uh, on on the apps, and this is on YouTube channel DMVR. Subscribe, like, share, all that. We don't have an outro, or catchy outro like uh, Ice Cave guy did for us uh, <laughs> for Nugget Serbia uh, podcast as well. Um, yeah, follow DMVR there every day. Here tomorrow is the Lakers. Probably have a early early pregame, early postgame, a middle of day game. It's good for at least for Serbia to watch in a, in a nice time. We're 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 gonna watch oh, in yeah. the middle of the day here. Oh, oh yeah, cool. All right, <laughs> I hope we'll be, we'll be happy. Great combo, great great topic. Thanks everyone for watching. See ya. Idemo nagetsi. Idemo nagetsi.